Good morning, Summit Church, Summit Family, Summit Nation, guests, and everybody. I'm just looking at the chat right now. Uh, Y'all keep that chat going. Summit Family, welcome, guest. All right. Some people you may not not know this is a guest. Like, welcome. Don't ask them if there's it's their first time. It's like, is it your first time? They might say back to you because <laughs> they may. We may not know everybody by name. We may know people by face. So, wow, it's good to be here today. Praise God. A few housekeeping things. Um, before we get into the word, I'll tell you what, I, I got both barrels loaded. I'm, I can't wait to share this word with you today. Thank you, Lord. We're going to get back into the authority of the believer. Um, you know, the governor made an announcement about uh, plans for uh, people getting back to work and those kinds of things. Uh, what do you call it? The reopening of the state, uh, whatever it's called. Um, what are we going to do since uh, technically churches are available to open next week with no limit from what I understand? Uh, so what are we going to do? All right. Summit family, uh, there is an email waiting for you, and I explain, I take a uh, listen to that, it's about five minutes about our, uh, my thoughts about reopening, and um, so the short answer is not yet, and so the details are in the email, okay? We also have uh, posted that uh, message on the YouTube channel, those of you that are watching on YouTube, don't go to it now. But wait till uh, this is over, and then you can go uh, on the channel to the video section, and you'll see a video from me um, with that explanation. And on our Summit Church community page, the video is posted there as well. All right, now's the time. If you haven't done it already, I've seen that some of you have already shared, but please share with your friends. Let's get as many people on here as possible. All right, so um, what else? Oh, I got a brand new book about experiencing God's protection from the coronavirus. That might not be the exact title, but that's the gist of it. Uh, I don't remember the name of the title. I think that's it. But anyway, it's about how to experience God's protection uh, in this climate that we're in right now and how God's got you covered and there's no need to worry. There's no need to fear. The Lord will never, ever leave you or forsake you. Praise God. He's with you. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed and you are blessed. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. The word dwell means to sit down. And as I've been sharing in this uh, series on the authority of the believer, we are seated. So we dwell, we sit down, where? In the secret place of the Most High. Where is that? The secret place is in Christ. That's our position. Seated with Christ. Where is he? He was raised in his, through his death, burial, and resurrection, resurrection. when he rose. He rose far above all principalities, power, might, dominion, 
over the enemy, in other words, over the devil, okay? And he was raised far above all demons, evil spirits, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're seated with him. Amen. I tell you what, I appreciate our worship team ministering to us this morning. Amen. And we, it's, it's a pleasure to be able to bring you uh, Summit Church experience. Um, we call it a celebration. It's an experience. It's an experience with our loving Heavenly Father that's not mad at us, but he's madly in love with us. Amen. We share a message about a good God. Okay. And so with that in mind, uh, we're, doing, we're in the process of some, uh, doing some upgrades here. All right, and if you want to help us, praise God, you can, can give. There's never any pressure, but I'm excited to let you know that uh, we, we, we're getting started on some upgrades on our equipment. Um, one thing that we'll, we'll be able to provide for you very soon is um, to see our band. You see the singers. But sometimes the band, they, they, they give these beautiful solos and, and things, and even when they're not giving a solo. We want you to see everybody on the stage, and we need an extra camera to do that, and so we're, we're getting that upgraded, um, switching equipment upgraded, another camera in the back upgraded. We're going to upgrade to, we're broadcasting right now in 720, and uh, 720p, we're, we're going to, this upgrade is going to allow us to move to 1080p, okay, which, is which means better quality, okay. And uh, so some of you may, may have heard the band, like, I, I, I hear that sax, or I hear the drummer, I'd like to see him. Well, you shall see him. <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see them soon. Amen. We got a wonderful crew up here. And, and so, uh, amen. Wasn't the worship awesome? Thank you, Lord. Of course, we're here to celebrate Jesus. And uh, as I go into the message today, uh, and Carla already told you all those ways that, that you can give. Never any pressure. Praise God. It's an opportunity for you to, uh, to give, not, not in the order for God to be pleased with you. He's already pleased with you. Amen. We don't give to please God. We give because he's already pleased. Amen. He loves you. You're acceptable. You're highly favored. So I'm not here. Listen to this. I'm not here to give you good advice. I'm here to give you good news. See, see uh, good advice. That, now, good advice is okay, but good advice won't change your life. Good advice won't set you free. But the good news will. And what kind of good news are we talking about? Woo, man, I'm excited to tell you this. Good news about the finished work of Jesus. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He preached the good news of the, the, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. What is that? Gospel is good news. Good news about the finished work of Jesus. And we're going to uh, talk about that today. See, good advice, listen, good advice is for babies. 
Good news is for mature believers. See, mature believers, see, see, babies need advice. They need to be told what to do. But good news is, is grown folk talk. <laughs> good news is for grown folks, okay? See, because when you're grown, you're led, you trust the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you to lead you and guide you. You don't need, like, like somebody blind and somebody to lead you around. Give you good advice here and there. See, because religion will try to tell you to, <clears throat> to okay, um, do good for God to bless you. Okay, that's old covenant. Or um, you better watch out or God's going to get you. Okay, all right, so you, you better not tick God off. And they try to give you good advice. But I'm here to give you the good news of the finished work of Jesus. Y'all ready? <clears throat> okay, let's jump in here. Um, the authority of the believer we have been given in this new covenant. Jesus gave us the right to use his name. In other words, Jesus has given us the power of attorney. We talked about all these reasons that the name of Jesus is great. We're not going to go back over that. But the name of Jesus is the greatest name on earth. You can go back and listen to the prior messages to get information on all that goes behind what makes Jesus' name great. And his name and all this in it, he's been given a name that is above every name. And that name has been given to the church. All right, I better bring up my, my slides here. And as I do that, just a bit of review, so just go over some key points. Jesus said, where does it say we have authority? Well, <clears throat> Luke 10, 19, behold, I give unto you authority to walk on serpents. Jesus said, I give unto you authority to walk on serpents and scorpions, <clears throat> and over all the power of the enemy. Somebody give me, give me some water, please. I got <clears throat> a little something in my throat. Excuse me, y'all. Actually, let's back up. Hold that thought. <laughs> let's make some confessions right now. Say, I'm greatly blessed, <laughs> highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. <clears throat> I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. Oh, man. Yes, you are. I'm excited about that, man. You are. You're the apple of his eye. Say, I'm well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, <clears throat> free, 
determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I'm a child of the Most High God. I will become all that I was created to be in Jesus' name. <clears throat> all right, I faked you out here. We have authority to walk on the devil over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, I said nothing, shall by any means hurt you. Y'all better watch out. I, I, I not only have the anointing today, but I had some coffee. I had a, a latte, a latte macchiato. <laughs> so I'm a little, I got a little, little extra. So you better fasten, fasten your seat belts. Make sure your seat backs and tray tables are in their upright and locked position. We're going to dive into this. Praise God. Luke, excuse me, Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you, whatever you, church, bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We've been given the power of attorney, the right to use the name of Jesus and king down over our circumstances. Amen. So, authority, what is authority? It's the state of control over something. And you have control over your circumstances. And we've talked about kingship, and I've been saying on the online Bible studies this week and in, in prayer, our focus for, for last week, and I, I want to continue that focus into this week. I want you, uh, uh, church, to, to have a king mentality you are a king so act like one have the mindset of a king have the attitude of a king talk like a king walk like a king see as a king you don't put up with certain things you you you, you don't you don't put up with with, with, with things you you really uh, see, the world, the people of this world, they cower down and are afraid and really don't know what to do when the circumstances of life come against them, lack, and insufficiency, and marriage problems, uh, children problems, family problems, um, when fear comes their way, uh, worry comes their way, sickness comes their way, uh, they, they don't know what to do about it. But uh, as kings, we're defiant about that kind of stuff. We said, no, 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 no. We draw a line in the sand. See, when you know who you are and you know that you have authority over all the power of the enemy, and believe it. See, th these are biblical facts. This is who you are. Okay? Now, um, this, okay, got a lot going on at the same time here. I'm, I'm going to get back to what I was going to say, but let me, let me make a few more statements here. In the power of attorney, 
Jesus has given us a signed check of all the resources of heaven, and all we have to do is fill it in. See, we have a right to claim everything that Jesus bought and paid for in his finished work. Remember, I talked about the finished work earlier. Okay? Now, we are to walk by faith in God's grace. And see, walking, listen to this, walking by faith is walking in grace. You cannot, it's impossible to walk in Bible faith without walking in grace. If you want to walk by faith, learn to walk by grace. See, what faith does, see, you, you need both grace and faith. Faith receives, takes possession of what has already been provided by God's grace. And that was pro- what was provided by God's grace was provided on the cross. Okay? Now, so learn to receive what has already been provided. See, by faith, you're not making anything happen. It's a finished work. What Jesus did on the cross is a finished work. Your healing is a finished work. Your prosperity is a finished work. Your deliverance is a finished work. Your righteousness is a finished work. Your forgiveness is a finished work. We're not trying to make God do anything. We're not trying to make him prosperous. He already did. We're not trying to make him heal us. He already did. So what we need to do is learn to receive. That's one of the things that I want to highlight today. It's about, see, this, this Christian life really is about believing and receiving what has been freely given. Learn to receive what's already been provided. How do I do that? Listen to this. One way is to stop begging God to act and start thanking him for what he's already done. Another way is to stop voicing your doubts and start speaking his word. Another way is to get your eyes off of yourself and put them on Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Okay, now, Let's jump into John chapter 15. As we are using our authority in the name of Jesus, we're not doing anything on our own. I gave you the example in an earlier message that it's flipping the switch. Like when you walk into a dark room, if you walk into your house and it's dark, the power, as long as you paid your electric bill, The power is on. Well, why is it dark? We'll flip the switch. Faith is flipping the switch. But guess what? If the power company has not already supplied the power, flipping the switch is not going to do any good. So in Christ, everything we need 
that pertains to life and godliness, healing, prosperity, righteousness, all these good things, forgiveness, they've already been provided. So faith is simply flipping the switch. So it's God providing the power, but we are taking possession of what has already been provided for in the finished work of Jesus. We're taking possession of those things with our faith, okay? But Jesus is right here with us while we are using our authority in his name. Here's something else. We're going to add to it. We're going to build on this thing. Jesus lives on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. See, and as I shared earlier, being mature really is about understanding what the good news is and embracing that and receiving it. See, see that, that, that takes faith. Okay? And, and see, every religion teaches karma. And, and some people have, they've, they've um, put karma into Christianity. Karma type of thinking that, well, you get what you deserve. You do good, you get good, you do bad, you get bad. That was Old Covenant. Every religion teaches that. Christianity is not a religion. And one thing that distinguishes it and separates, separates it from all other religions is that, see, you receive the good that you don't deserve because another received the bad in your place that he didn't deserve and you deserve. On the cross, it was an identification. Jesus took our place. He took all of our bad. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in detail, but he took all the bad that he didn't deserve And he gave us all the good, like his righteousness, that we didn't deserve. It takes, it takes grace. See, see, you have to have a revelation of grace to understand that. That you get the good in life that you don't even deserve because Jesus took all the bad that he didn't deserve. It takes a revelation to understand that. It doesn't, take any, it doesn't take any revelation at all to understand that you get what you paid for or you get what you sold. It takes a revelation to understand. You, you get the good that you don't even deserve because Jesus took all the bad. He took all our bad that we deserved, and he didn't. He took it, and he finished the work. And all we got to do is embrace that and receive his blessings. And we, we shouldn't be going around thinking about sin. Well, what about sin? He canceled it. In his finished work, he canceled it. We're forgiven. So we should be walking with Jesus. And see, when, when we believe this, this good news of his finished work, we're walking with Jesus, and he's leading us, and he's guiding us. And, and we can't tell, really tell the difference. Is it my decision 
or is it the Lord's decision? Well, both when you're walking with him. You're making right decisions. No, no, we're, 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 none of us are perfect, and we, we'll miss it from time to time. But as we walk with Jesus, he's going to lead us and guide us as our, the Lord is our shepherd. He's going to lead us beside the still waters. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though we're walking on this earth in the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil. For the Lord is with us. His rod and his staff comfort us. He prepares a table for us in the presence of even while we're, we're among enemies, we're among the, the, the demons that walk this earth in the spirit realm, God prepares a table for us right in the presence of the enemy. We can eat and feast, and ain't nothing the devil can do about it. And if you just happen to look on your, over your shoulder, on one shoulder, is goodness. Look over your other shoulder, there's mercy that's following you running you down all the days of your life, the blessings of God come upon you and overtake you. That's the new covenant life. And see, abide in me, John 15. Abide in me and I in you. See, our lives in this new covenant, this, this is new covenant life right here. Where Jesus is in us, we're in Christ, and our lives are intertwined. Abide in me and I in you as the branch. See, um, the first verse says that, that um, well, we'll see this in the fifth verse. Jesus said, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the vine, my father is the vine dresser. Okay, Jesus is the vine, and then we're the branches. We'll see that in a second. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. See, you're not by yourself. And see, you ever see, you ever walk by an uh, apple tree or a pear tree? And, and if you listen really close, now I don't know if y'all ever heard this. If you ever listen real close when you're going by a, a, a pear tree or apple tree and, and hear it really grunting and, and straining out, a pear or apple. Now, if you listen real close, you can hear it. Mm. If you go by it at just the right time, you, you can hear it grunting and straining to push out that pear and, and, and apple. No. And you say, Pastor, that's crazy. Of course it is. Just as crazy as a Christian trying to produce fruit. Mm, I'm just... I'm just trying to serve the Lord. I encourage you to quit. Because religion teaches do better. Try harder. That's the new covenant. I'm, that, excuse me. That's not the new. Blah, 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 blah. That's not the new covenant. We should be walking with Jesus and allowing his life to flow through us. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I live, yet not I. See, it's, it's God 
Not you dying to yourself. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just dying, my, dying to self. You've got to kill yourself. No, stop trying to kill yourself. You're already dead. Well, Paul said, I die daily. He, what he said was, if you look at, at some, tra- uh, some other translations other than the one you're looking at, <laughs> it'll tell you that, that he faces death daily. One translation says that's an accurate translation. See, he's not talking about, well, I'm just dying to self. No, you're already dead. Because Paul, the same Paul said, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. See how our lives are intertwined? We, we can't really hard tell the difference. If, if you can receive it, the believer is Christ on the earth. Now, don't go out here saying, well, Pastor Al said he's Jesus. I didn't say that. See, I, I, the Bible calls the believer, look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I, I'll show you real, real, real quick. Uh, the believers call Christ. So what, what fellowship has Christ with something? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I take my glass off. Okay, see real small print in this Bible. Okay, Second Corinthians six, verse sixteen. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Verse fifteen. What accord? Oh, verse fourteen. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What so believers call light. So what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? So the believer here is called Christ. Why? Because we're in Christ. Back, back to what I was about to say with, with Paul. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. See, it's, it's God working through your personality. All of our personalities are different. And Christ shines through our personality. We're not trying to kill ourselves. He wants us to live, not die. Paul said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. See, it's even his faith. I mean, you looked at Jesus, and man, that faith will rise up on the inside of you. Okay, so this will help you understand this, this passage right here. The branch cannot, see, you cannot, see, a lot of people say this as a religious statement, but I want you to really absorb this. You really can't do anything without him. So quit trying. Fruit doesn't have to force itself off of a tree or uh, out onto the branch. It, it grows naturally because it's connected to the, to the, to the vine, to the, to the root system, the sap, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how to explain it. But it's flowing through the, through the tree into the branch, and the fruit just comes out. So... It's interesting, this word abide, where it says abide in me, 
That word in the Greek says, means to remain. So all we got to do is remain. Just chill. Do like, do like John did when he leaned on Jesus' breast. <laughs> He's just chilling. I mean, that's the best position. Just resting in Christ. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in a vine. Neither can you. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I could spend a whole rest of the time on this. But uh, I tell you what, I, whew, this is just an appetizer. I'm, 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 I got some really good stuff here in a second here. Okay. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit apart from me. Here it is again. You can do what? You can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the, the branches are gathered, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Not, not whatever he wished, whatever you wish. Well, is it, is, it, is it me? And the word ask can be translated demand. Whatever you demand, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So, loose whatever you want. Demand whatever you want. As long as it's been provided for in the finished work, you can't demand somebody else's husband or wife. That's foolishness. That's not provided in the finished work. Okay, so, so don't be silly with this thing, but you can demand whatever has been provided. You need finances? Demand what you desire financially, and it will be done for you as we remain. Right? Chilling. In his bosom. In the secret place. Thank you, Jesus. Because you're far above sickness. You're far above the coronavirus. You're far above po poverty. Y'all being encouraged today? Okay, let's, let's talk more about this kingship. Think like a king. Talk like a king. Walk like a king. Act like a king. You are a king. Romans 5, 17, highlight it in your Bible. Put stars around it. Mark it. You mark in your Bible? Mark in your Bible. If, if you don't have a Bible, you can write in. I, got a, I like these wide margin uh, Bibles. And so uh, just write. I'll say, I can see that marked up here. So if you don't have a Bible, you can write in, throw it away, and get you one you can write in. Mark your Bible up. Thank you, Lord. I follow a guy on this, um, on YouTube, and he's got uh, his, his YouTube channel, it's called, his, his theme, I think it is, called Tear Up Your Bible. <laughs> he, does, he marks all through the Bible. In in, inside the text, and he even adds pages. He shows you how you can put pages in your Bible to take notes and all that kind of stuff. Okay, let's go back here to Romans 5, 17 for, for what's my point? Mark this up. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them in right standing with himself, 
reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. We looked at scripture that, that, that talks about that we are the kings on the earth. We are called kings. Where the word of a king is, there is power. One of my favorite series just ended. It's called Homeland. And uh, it, it ended right, too, man. I love me some Homeland. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, they had this weak president. Spoiler alert. Here's a good time to go to your refrigerator if you decide to watch this. I'm not going to give too much away. But they, they're just a weak president. He's just weak. He can't make a decision. And we'll, we'll call him. We know he, the president is not the king, but we'll call him a king for the sake of illustration. So they needed him to make a decision on something that was very critical to national security. I mean, this was a big deal. I, don't, I can't remember if the United States were, was about to go out, go in, into war, or it, it would be something that would really upset the region over there in Afghanistan and in the Middle East. And he needed to make a decision, and he needed to make it quick. And he was thrust into this position because the, uh, the president was killed. He was vice president, president, so you know what the deal is. He got to move into that office. Okay, so, but he was timid and weak. And he wouldn't make a decision, so these advisors, he had a couple key advisors in the room with him trying to get him to make a decision. He's like, well, what should I do? See, that's, that's not a king in Christ. A king, we, we, know, we, we know what our rights are in Christ. We know what's been provided for us. We, we've absorbed the good news. We've, we've heard the good news, and we receive the good news. And we walk in it with boldness. This old weak president, he couldn't make a decision. Like, uh, he said, well, what should I do? So the advisors told him they gave him a plan, okay? And then he said, hmm. And then they looked at him and said, you've got to say it. See, they couldn't go by him shaking his head. And, hmm. That sounds good. He said, say it. Give the order, dude. See, he, he didn't want to say it because he, he was timid. He wanted somebody else to make his decision for him, okay? But you got to say it. See, look at those advisors like angels. The angels, listen, the Bible says the angels of God excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of his word. Who gives voice to the word on the earth? That's you, so whatever you bind on earth. See, the angels standing around, make a decision. What you want. What you want to happen in your life. What do you want to happen in your finances? What do you want to, what do you want to happen in your household? Don't sit there and look, be, be all timid. See, the righteous, we receive this free gift of righteous, righteousness. Unless, just in case nobody told you, are you in Christ? Have you received Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord? Well, guess what? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And the Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. 
We're not intimidated. We king down on our circumstances. We're to reign as kings in life. We're defiant when the enemy comes against us and try to steal, kill, and destroy. We're defiant. Say, no. We draw a line in the sand and say, no more. Out. Resist the devil, James 4, 7 says, and he will flee from you. Oh, man. I mentioned this last week. I want to say it again. We do not rule and reign. See, reigning as kings is God's idea for you. That's what we should be doing. We should be reigning in life. Reigning in life, ruling and reigning. We don't rule and reign in life by what we do for God or by keeping rules or by keeping laws. We rule and reign by doing two things, receiving the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Listen to these statements. Reigning in life is about receiving, not about working. Reigning in life is all about, listen, see what it says? Those who, much more surely, those who, what? Receive. That's the key word. In the Greek, it's lambano. It means to lay a hold of it, grab it, lay a hold of it. Like, like what Jesus did with your sicknesses on the cross. Himself took our infirmities. You know what that Greek word is? It's translated took? Lambano. Same Greek word translated receive right here. We could say those who take, lay hold of it every day. Take, lay hold of the fact that, see, not just grace, lay hold of God's overflowing grace. Lay hold of, uh, the New King James says, abundance of grace. What's grace? It's the good news, back here the good news again. It's the good news of God's unmerited favor. Say this out loud. Say, I live by grace, not by my performance. See, so many, so many Christians, they, they're relating to God by their performance. Okay? Grace is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. We don't relate to God by our performance. We, we relate to God by his grace. We, we, don't, we don't receive favor from God because of what we do. By our faithfulness. By our obedience. We receive favor from God because of what Jesus has already done. Heard this before. In his finished work. I want to say it so many ways until you get it. See, you don't, really, you don't really got it until you can explain it to somebody. You may not be able to explain it like I, I explain it because it's really simple. The gospel is really simple. Religion has made it complicated. Religion wants you to jump through hoops to please God, but you're, God's already pleased. I'm going overtime today. 
I'm going to finish what I, plan, what, what I plan to do unless the Holy Spirit has an objection and wants to take me another way. And I'll, I'll always yield to him. Thank you, Lord. You getting anything out of this? Just let me know in the chat. Y'all say something. Give me some. Throw me, throw me some love. Throw me some. You receiving this abundance of, of, of love that's, that's thrown out to you. The Holy Spirit is, is doing his thing, man. Thank you, Lord. Reigning in life is about receiving. Nothing in this verse about working to be a king. No, you just, you just receive. Say, I have authority over all the works of the devil. I've been given the keys of the kingdom. Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Somebody cross your legs and say, I'm in charge. <laughs> I'm crossing my legs as much as I can up here. All right? And by the way, when, when, whenever, don't y'all get so comfortable that y'all want to stay at home? You know, I kind of like just staying at home with my, with, with my robe on and my slippers on. I could, I could get used to it. Don't get used to it. I want to see y'all come back here some of family. Praise the Lord. And, 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 and get dressed, though. Don't, don't bring your, uh, come here in your pajamas. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so um, we don't reign in life through our performance. We reign, listen, through our position. What's our position? Seated in Christ. Listen to this statement. Good receivers not performers, are the ones who reign. The gospel is not about doing more for God. I got this last night. The gospel is not about doing more for God. It's about receiving more from God. See, this is all about receiving. 2 Corinthians 5.21, I set you up for this. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 21. For our sake, he made him. This is identification. This is Jesus. I'm giving scripture for something I shared earlier. He took our place. Remember I talked about he took all the bad he didn't deserve? He never committed any act of sin. Everything Jesus did on the cross, none of it was for himself. All of it was for us. Man, I want to jump out of my shoes. For, for our sake, say for my sake. He made him, God made him, Jesus, to be sin. Wow. With our sin. See, Jesus, the reason why God is not punishing you today because of your sin, the reason that God is not angry with you today the reason he's not punishing you for your sin is because he punished Jesus for your sin. He took all the bad he didn't deserve. He became sin. That's part one. <laughs> part two is, here, listen to this first. Before we get to part two, I want to break it down so you understand. He took it all. Jesus paid it all. His 
sacrifice on the cross was an overpayment. It's like somebody, if you, if you had a, a J.C. Penney still in business? If you, if, you had a penny, if you had a penny's bill, a charge card, and, uh, and you owe $1,000 and you pay it every month, but then somebody goes in and they say, here's $5,000. Well, it was only $1,000 on your account, but they chose to pay it off but they left $5,000. How many of you are going to keep on paying when they send you that bill and say there's a zero balance? Actually, you've got, and you got a $4,000 credit. Are you going to keep paying? Okay, so Jesus on the cross took all the sins, past, present, and future, of everybody who had lived, was currently living, and will live all the way to the end of time. And he overpaid. It was a finished work. He said on the cross, it is finished. So what I advise you to do, don't pay for your sins. Because it's already paid for. He took them. Do we still commit acts of sin? Yes. But guess what? We're under a waterfall of forgiveness in Christ. As soon as you sin, it's forgiven on the basis of the finished work 2,000 years ago. It was an overpayment. He took care of them all. Your past, present, and future sins. So I advise you stop paying. Stop punishing yourself. When you sin, Jesus was already punished for your sin. When you're looking at the cross, you're seeing Jesus. Before I, before I say this, let me say this. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you. So, so when you look, ooh, that's good. When, when, you, when you're looking at the cross, you are seeing Jesus as you. Every lie, every dirty thought, every bad attitude, every bad word, and bad deed you ever did, he became it. After becoming your sin, he died in your place. He said, it is finished. That's part one of this verse. The second part. See, Jesus becoming sin is the first part of the verse. The second part is, see, that's what Jesus became for you. Ah, but what did you become? The second part of the verse is about what you have become, what we have become as a result of him taking your sin. You become the righteousness of of God in Christ. A divine exchange took place on the cross. Jesus became sin and you became righteous. Last week we talked about what righteousness means. Righteousness means, and you need to understand this, and I would write this in your Bible somewhere. 
up in the top. If you don't have side margins, put it at the top. This is very important. Some of you got some sophisticated um, Bible apps where you can add a note. You can add a note to uh, the Bible. If you got the Bible app from Version. you can add a note there. You can highlight it. But I encourage you to write this down, and I'm going to ask you to repeat it. Righteousness. That's a big word, but what does it mean? What does it mean to be made righteous? And if you see the word justified in the Bible, it means the same thing. Justified means righteous. Justified. Justified never done it. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So righteousness means not guilty. Totally pleasing to God accepted, and approved. I want you to say this out loud three times. Okay, say, I am not guilty. I am entirely pleasing to God. Accepted and approved. Okay, two, say, I am not guilty. Entirely pleasing to God, accepted and approved. One more time. I am not guilty. I am entirely pleasing to God, accepted and approved. Just take a moment, just praise Him right now. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you see us. Accepted and approved, totally, entirely, completely pleasing to you, Lord. Thank you. We are not guilty. We're acquitted, totally forgiven. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Let me wrap this up. Hang on. Thank you, Lord. You are entirely pleasing to God. Listen to this. You don't have to work to be righteous. You are righteous right now. Right? As you are. You don't have, listen, you don't have to try to be more like Jesus. You're already like Jesus. As he is, so are we. You don't have to try to be a better person. You are a totally different person. You are a new creation in Christ. So just walk in it. You are entirely, say one more time, I am entirely pleasing to God. I am not guilty. I'm accepted and approved because of Jesus. And that is the good news of the gospel. Here's some some righteousness facts here. I'm going to give you 10 facts. You become righteous when you're born again. So you're made righteous. It's the free gift of righteousness. See, that we might become. This is not anything you do. It's about receiving, right? So, one, you become righteous when you are born again. These 10 points our message in and of itself. I, I have to refrain myself here because we can be here the rest of the day. We'll be here until the last dance. 
Okay? That's the Michael Jordan thing on. It's at 9 o'clock. I'll get you out of here before then. Okay. Number two, you are made righteous by your believing, not by your works. Number three, you will never, this is one of my favorites, you will never be any more righteous than you are right now. In fact, if you can receive it, this might be too much for some of y'all. Religious folk, you might turn off right now. I'm telling you, this is a doozy here. You'll never be any more righteous in heaven than you are right now. You have the same righteousness as Jesus, man. Wow. Listen. Number five. I just gave you number five. (laughs) You have the same righteousness that Jesus has. Just write down Ephesians 4.24. Read it. So, number six. Righteousness is not a goal to be achieved, but a gift to be received. Seven, righteousness is not something you deserve. Jesus made it happen for you. Eight, you can't work for it or earn it. Number nine, you don't grow in righteousness. You don't grow in it because of what I'm about to say in verse 10. Righteousness is not a state of doing. It's a state of being. Right, I'm going to say that again. That's, just, that's so good. Righteousness, see, it's not a thing. Like, like faith is a thing. Righteousness is a position. It's not a state of doing. It's a state of being. Righteousness is not a thing like like faith is a thing. Righteousness is a position. It's a state of being that you are born into. It is a part of your nature. Last scripture, and this is really going to summarize a lot of stuff that I talked about. Faith is a rest. In the Greek, faith is a noun. Faith just receives. Faith is being fully, uh, I've covered this, but faith is being, like Abraham, faith is being fully convinced that what God said is so. Faith is a rest. Faith is a rest. See, and what happens when you're in rest? Hebrews 4.10 says, for whoever. If I were you, I would be this whoever right here. Listen, I'm, 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 about, I'm, I'm fixing the clothes here. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from, from his New King James says, Who, whoever or he who has entered God's rest has ceased from his own works. When you enter rest, you cease trying to work to please God. Well, don't we do work for God? Like, yes, Paul said, listen, he labored, he said, I labor 
more abundantly than them all. Paul was responsible for more than half of the New Testament. He did a lot of stuff. Established churches, traveling ministry, overseed, pastors. He did a lot of stuff. But he told you how he did it. How do we get this twisted? He said, I labor or work more abundantly than them all, yet not I, but the grace that is in me. So he rested from his works, and he worked out of rest. That's how to work. Work out of rest. Having challenges on the job, job wearing you out, then that's an indication that you're not working out of rest. Next time you go to work, just go, walk in there a little bit slower just to kind of remind you that I'm, I'm, I'm working this job today and, and I'm not stressing over these folk and over this stuff they tell me to do. So, so some of you that, that are watching here, you, you're having challenges on your job, maybe with some people, maybe with all the stuff that they're giving you to do, I encourage you to work out of rest. For whoever has entered rest, ceased from working to try to please God, you work because God is already pleased. See, like, like the, the, the praisers up here and, and, and you, when you worship and praise God, should we praise God? Yes. But, but we don't, when, see, when you enter rest, you don't praise God in order for God to be pleased with you. You worship God because he's already pleased, because you understand that you're totally, completely, and entirely acceptable to him. That's something to praise God about. That's something to shout, Lord, I'm amazed. See, the response to this good news, this good news, listen, it's not good advice that keeps you a baby. Good news. The response, receiving the good news, makes you mature. And you're allowing the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you. You in Jesus, Jesus in you, Jesus the vine, you're the branches, the life is a flow. Thank you, there's a river flowing. Uh, uh, um, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of flow, shall flow, flow rivers of living water. There's a flow about your life. There's a chill about your life. See, when you enter rest, you stop, listen, you stop praising in order to please God, you praise because God's already pleased. You stop, you cease from reading your Bible to get brownie points with God and to try to get God to be pleased with you. You read your Bible, you feed on the Word because you're hungry and you know that God is already pleased. You don't give in order to please God, you give because He's already pleased. You don't pray to please God. You pray because he's already pleased. Every head, body, every eye close. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful life. This is a wonderful life. This life of rest.